0: Live from the heart of Lincoln, America. Welcome to Ticket Weeknights. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: Hello and welcome to the Daily Nebraskan Show. I am Ben Droz, one of the sports writers at The Daily Nebraskan, and I am joined here by Anthony Rubick, one of the assistant sports editors. Anthony, how are you doing today?
0: Uh, I'm doing good. I'm excited. Been a couple weeks since we've done this show, so excited to just get it back on the road.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's been, you know, New Year's, it was Christmas Eve last, well, it was the day before Christmas Eve last Saturday, and then the Saturday before, that was the day before New Year's Eve day. So, Kind of around the holidays. We didn't do those two days, but we're back at it on the Saturdays until we go weeknights starting when the school semester starts, kind of in January. Still haven't really planned that out yet, but it's going to uh, be happening pretty shortly. I it's would be assume. pretty fun. Yeah, so on the docket for today, we're going to do some Nebraska men's hoops talk. They're currently playing against Wisconsin. Well, it might be halftime right now. The game's not commercials, so <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit later, and then we're gonna kind of talk about the national championship game, college football. We got uh, Michigan against Washington; should be very good game on Monday. And then um, also want to talk a little bit of volleyball with the transfers. Maggie Mendelson she transferred to uh, Penn State, I believe. that That was a good pickup for for them. Maggie Mendelson was, you know, she did a good job filling in when Becca Alec was hurt during the NCAA tournament a little bit, so. Um, kind of a uh, decent-sized loss for Nebraska volleyball. But, you know, they they know what they're doing over there. I trust John Cook and company. So, um,
0: Also landed a big yeah. pickup in Taylor Lanfair from Minnesota, former Big Ten player of the year. So, big get for Nebraska, obviously, going into this offseason, especially after losing a decent amount of players in the transfer portal.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, let's first start with... Nebraska men's basketball talk. Last I checked, they were losing pretty sizably to Wisconsin. It is halftime. They're losing fifty-one to thirty-eight. Still can come back in the second half, but that's a pretty sizable deficit. Thirteen points. Again, Wisconsin is ranked. So this is one of the best teams they played so far. Probably the second best team they played so far outside of that Creighton team that was just on fire the night that they played them. But Wisconsin, we knew it was going to be a tough matchup, but, you know, with the momentum that they had from uh, beating Michigan State, they beat, uh, I'm blanking on their last opponent, Indiana. Indiana. Yep, yeah, Indiana. Um, you know, there was some momentum, so there was some people thinking that Nebraska could pull it out. They still can, still have some hope. Uh, do you have the stats pulled up on how uh, it's kind of been looking in the game?
0: Yeah, so it's just, it's really been a game where, Wisconsin in the first half, they hit seven threes, which is already above their season average, so Nebraska defensively hasn't had the best half, especially coming off of a performance like they did against Indiana, where they got out-rebounded, but they play to their strengths. They're obviously—size is an issue for Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Khalil Ware for Indiana had a great game, 20 points, 10 rebounds, a seven-foot tall guy. Frank Mass was doing his best defending his shots, but— it just wasn't enough. And then that's how they really win the games, though, is they were able to force so many Indiana turnovers. They were able to focus on... They knew they were going to get beat in that aspect of the game. So just attack the other ways, force turnovers, force steals in. That just really hasn't been the case against Wisconsin so far. Casey Tomanyaga has had a good half, 5-6 of six from the field, 2-3 of three from deep, 12 points, leading Nebraska at the half. So looks like he might be kind of entering as obviously... Against Indiana, he had 28 points, season yeah. high, and I felt like that was kind of his like breakout performance so far this year, where he showed flashes against Creighton, but it, it wasn't never. He hasn't really reached the type of level of play he was at at the end of last season, but it looks like now it's he's starting to kind of turn that on. Um, so, yeah, Nebraska down 51 to 38 at the half. I could see this team pulling one back, but pull, pull, pulling off the comeback. It, it will take a lot of effort, though, as obviously Wisconsin is a very good team. And really their first, tr- first really road test, I mean, they've had two road games before. Their first real road test was the second half meltdown against Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And they traveled to Manhattan, beat Kansas State. That was a good win. Great bounce back. But again, this is really their third true road game of the year against a ranked Wisconsin team. It's going to be an uphill battle.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's another thing is, I mean, it's on the road. Nebraska, I mean, so far against decent teams, they have not been too good on the road so far. This is definitely mm-hmm. a team that feeds off of the energy of the crowd at PBA, especially Casey Tomanaga. You know, he kind of, he loves the energy at PBA. That's why I feel like he kind of had his breakout performance this year against Indiana, 28 points. And I mean, he was four of 10 from the three-point line in that game. So he shot the ball very well. But it was his off-ball movement that really made him so dangerous. Something that I really hadn't seen from him, you know, in the previous Mm -hmm. games so far this season. You know, Casey Tominaga came into this season, like, seen as the top guy or the best guy on Nebraska's roster. And not that he hasn't been that, but, you know, Moss has kind of been taking, you know, that he's kind of been... Honestly the most dominant player for Nebraska so far this season. So when Moss was injured uh back end of December, that was kind of, that kind of hurt them, but he came back and Casey Tominaga was kind of the show. He stole the show. I kind of thought they'd try to get Moss involved since it was his first game back, but Tominaga just had a heck of a game. They're going to need him to be that for the rest of this for the rest of the season because this is a team that relies on the three ball a whole lot.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, they live and die by the three. And it was working to their effect against Indiana at the half. They're shooting 50 percent from three. So it hasn't been a horrible half for them against Wisconsin. It's just uh, the defensive side of the ball hasn't been the best for Nebraska. But yeah, I mean, again, with Rank Mass being back, that's just a huge, huge get for Nebraska. Obviously, Fred Hoiberg said that he expected Mass to be out until early January I did not expect him to be back the first game of January. I thought it was for sure gonna be, you know, miss a couple games. Like but just getting him out here and getting him playing like he played thirty minutes against Indiana the other night, so it wasn't Mm -hmm. like he wasn't on a minutes restriction or anything like that. It's gonna be huge, especially taking on Purdue in the game after this, where again it's gonna be a tough matchup. Again, they're gonna be at the disadvantage in height, but they'll be at home. They'll be at PBA, which is just Really proven to be a massive advantage for them this year. Yeah. And again, kind of just backtracking a bit to when Moss was out, because I covered the North Dakota game, mm-hmm. and that was a sweat right there. That was it, the definition of a trap game. The first half was ugly for Nebraska. They, mm-hmm. North Dakota, just, it, or North Dakota just had a, I think they were up double digits at halftime. I think they might have been up 10 points. And it was really because without, Mass, there was just getting out rebounded. It was the second half. Juwan Gary put it his all into every rebound he got. He would have to soar in this guy just to get any rebounds. And he really helped win them the game just with his effort and just on the boards, on defense. Because that's really without mass, there really is no one else that can rebound uh, besides for Gary. And again, Gary is six six. he's already at a disadvantage. So just having mass back against uh, Big Ten big men, Big Ten centers, it's just it's huge for the Huskers going forward.
1: Yeah. The one thing that's really catching my eye in this game is they're down 13 against Wisconsin, but they're 6 of 12 from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they haven't been shooting it that well. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, yeah, so they made six threes. They only have 14 made field goals. So they made mm-hmm. six threes and then only eight and then eight twos or whatever I mean yeah. you know like yeah that's just such a imbalance on offense I, I mean like they just don't really attack the paint that well and it's because this is a team that relies on the three-point shot that much and like you said they are a little undersized so I can see why but I mean Moss has been so good down low I kind of wish they get him a few more touches uh down in the paint
0: yeah i kind of realized that so far against really non-conference opponents Mass is been good in the paint's been well it's against these big 10 teams that he's kind of struggled against which I feel like is kind of the case with both of our big men like same with Josiah Alec which Mm -hmm. I will say this against Indiana the other night I think Alec had his best game as a Husker and he didn't even take it he didn't even attempt a shot he just I'm pretty sure his only points came from free throws but his effort on the glass his effort just diving for loose balls at his height it was just very impressive and he really helps Nebraska in that way for sure. He's again, he's just like his sister Beck Alec for the volleyball team. They're very, they're like very much the same player, just in different sports. They just give that energy, they give that effort. It's just against in Big Ten play, they have kind of struggled against these big guys. Obviously, Khalil Ware, uh, Stephen Crow from uh, Wisconsin today. So it it's gonna be something that. They, they're going to have to rely on threes in defense, I think. They're, they're going to have to be this 3-and-D type of team because right now against Wisconsin, you see the three-pointers are falling. Just the defense isn't there, and that's why they're down 13 at the half.
1: Yeah, I just got a text on the text line, and it said that Alec needs to be Nebraska's Dennis Rodman. I kind of like, I like that. that. I like that. I like I mean, that. I mean, I don't feel like—I <laughs> do like, I, I, I like that comp- because Alec needs to be the energy guy on this mm-hmm. team. He needs to be grabbing rebounds and stuff. I don't think he has his offensive game is still very much um, in the work. Like mm-hmm. he it's he's still very raw on the offensive end. He's not very polished, not like Moss. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, he yeah. doesn't have the post moves that Moss has. You know, mm-hmm. he, he has athleticism. He can get down low and like kind of drive the paint sometimes. But, mm-hmm. you know, he doesn't really have any post moves or anything. But I do like that because he is kind of the energy guy for this team. Mm-hmm. And he needs to be that. And he he needs to help what's kind of been Nebraska's weak by Anna, which has been rebounding. Mm-hmm. Alec needs to be in there, and his focus needs to be rebounding in defense, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then, just talking about another guy who I think's really been good energy-wise for Nebraska is CJ Wilcher. Mm-hmm. I think in his play, I mean, he has zero points at the half. He hasn't attempted a shot for Nebraska. Obviously, he left the Indiana game kind of early in the second half with back spasms. So I don't know how 100% he is, but in the games leading up to this, just... He has been an instant spark off the bench. I mean, he comes in and he makes his first two three-pointers. Like he starts yeah. off 100% from 3 and also against Indiana it was like this, against North Dakota it was like this. He's when he came in, the Nebraska offense were struggling. The starters haven't been really hitting their threes. Casey might have missed one or two threes early on. Bryce Williams might have missed a shot. He comes in and just gives some instant points for Nebraska that the offense can help build off of. He's he's just really impressed me so far. He's shooting at a 50% uh, mark from three throughout the last probably f- couple weeks. And I think that has to go with just, he's averaging less minutes than he has been in the past years here. And I think a part of it's just because we have these other, pl- Nebraska has these other players that can kind of take the load off of Wilcher and give him his time to kind of focusing on his own things, build on his own strengths, which has been the three-pointer. So Mm -hmm. he's just really impressed me so far. And again, I haven't been able to watch the first half of the game that much. But if Nebraska is going to want to come back in the second half, some threes by Wiltshire can help spark that.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, Wiltshire has been, you know, I was kind of critical of Wiltshire last year just because, you know, he was kind of the guy that I feel like in some of the bigger moments of games, he was kind of taking those shots. He was, like, when we were down, we needed a buck at the end of the game. Wilcher, I feel like, was taking some of those shots. And, you know, he wasn't—I didn't feel like he was very good in the clutch. So I feel like he was kind of at a role, out of system. But this year, he definitely looks a lot more comfortable in his role because he's not having to be the guy, I feel like, on offense when we need a bucket. Because I feel like there was some times in some of the games last year where we were relying on him to get some shots, and it just— didn't really make sense to me, but Wilcher has definitely looked very comfortable this year. He he was the, he made three threes in the first half against Indiana, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he had the injury in the second half, so that kind of slowed him down. Casey Tominaga kind of yeah. uh, took the rest of the threes, but you know, Wilcher has been really good this year. Moss has been really dominant, but again, Alec is going to need to be an energy guy. Wilcher, hopefully, he can continue to develop in his role on this offense and. We'll see how far this team can go. Right now, they're down 13 at the half against Wisconsin, a ranked Wisconsin team. They have Purdue next. That is at PBA, I believe. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, going into this two game stretch against these two ranked opponents, I was kind of like, if we can just get one, if we can just get one of these, we'd have a really good shot of getting ranked. If, I mean, if we drop both of these, it's not going to be bad. Mm -hmm. It's like it's on the road against Wisconsin. That's a good team. And then Purdue, that's the number one, one of the best teams in the nation. So it's not like if we lose both of these, they're going to be bad. But if Nebraska is going to make a run to try to get ranked they're, they're. I feel like they're going to need to get one of these games. But, you know, just for like NCAA tournament, which I feel like that's kind of what everybody wants is we need to make the tournament. Mm, yep. It'd be nice to get one of these games. But, you know, the Michigan State game was a big win. Indiana, I feel like, you know, getting these conference wins. I mean, you know, the conference wins against teams like Wisconsin and Purdue are going to be tough. So we need to get the ones that are winnable, like very winnable, like Indiana, Michigan State. Those are big games. The Minnesota loss hurts Yep. because they could be 13-1 and one right now with the only loss coming against a Creighton team that just shot the lights out that night. And, I mean, we were frustrated after that loss, but I don't think anyone was surprised after that game. It was yep. the Minnesota loss that really kind of brought everyone's spirits down because we were up— at, I think we were up 15 at the half, I believe yep. up by like as much as 16 or 17. And then we just melted down in the second half. It just looked like a completely different team that half. So we'll have to see when Nebraska gets tested. Cause that was, cause I feel like every time they've been tested this season, they haven't showed out, you know, mm-hmm. they've been yeah. winning the games that they should win, which is good. That's something that Nebraska teams in the past have not even been doing. Uh-huh. So at we are winning yep. the games. We should be, but we haven't gotten to win that. When we're tested. We haven't gotten a win as an underdog yet. So that's why, like, I was kind of hoping we could get one of these games against Wisconsin or Purdue. Still have a chance to beat Wisconsin. Purdue at home. We almost beat them last year. I feel like that could be a very close game. Or they could blow us out of the water. Like, you know, I mean, that game could really go either way. So hopefully Nebraska can get one of those games. Because it'd really be good on their resume trying to get ranked.
0: Yeah, obviously, like. Losing these games to Wisconsin or Purdue, they're not gonna hurt Nebraska that bad, but they will help them just immensely if they're able to pull one of these games out, and even both, of course, obviously. But um, yeah, just going back to saying how they haven't really been tested much. Like I think back to the Michigan State game, and like that Michigan State team is not the same Michigan State team that's playing today. Like this, we they got kind of lucky with playing Michigan State when they, when they did. Yeah, they were able to get this win out where after that game, Michigan State fans were thinking their season might have just been over. Like, this season might just be a wash. But it's Tom Izzo, man. Yeah, it's Tom Izzo teams. They're just, they're going to go on a run in March for sure. So, Michigan State playing well helps Nebraska out. Even Minnesota, they're 10-3 and three right now, or 11-3, I think. They just beat uh, Michigan the other night. So, as of right now it doesn't look like that bad of a loss for nebraska it's still one that they should have won and i don't expect minnesota to be making a run in the big 10 this uh this year they've had one of the easiest non-conference schedules like easier than nebraska's and that was the one thing really that this that's helped build us this rec that's helped build nebraska this record um it's just their non-conference slate was easier than years past they didn't schedule that many tough games and their their toughest games were the Creighton game, obviously, which is a yearly thing. And then on the road against Kansas state and neutral site against Oregon state. And they were able to pull those games out. So yeah, it's just these next couple games, they're going to be, I'm I'm not going to say must win games. If they want to play in March, they're still projected right now as kind of on those bubble teams as one of the last teams in the tournament, uh, the Purdue game I'm excited for again with being at PBA. I do wish though, as a student, that this game was happening during the during year. the school year. Because yeah. I remember the Purdue game last year. I was there as a fan in the student section. I had like front row seats with my friends, and it was the loudest I've ever heard PBA when Kase hit the three to send the game to overtime. It was good. It was just loud. The court was going to be stormed if they pulled the upset oh, yeah. up off. So, PBA still is rocking during winter break. I've been to a couple Husker games. I've heard how loud the atmosphere is, but yeah, just having the students there would have made it even better.
1: Yeah, I mean that's one. Of, I mean that Purdue game. The fans were loud. It was almost as good as when. I mean, I know I'm kind of switching, but Nebraska women's basketball when they mm-hmm. played Iowa last year, oh, yeah. that PBA was completely full that game so i kind of compare it to that i mean the creighton game it was sold out but mm-hmm. then we all know how that went yeah. so the crowd kind of got silenced pretty quickly but yeah we'll have to see we'll get more updates on the nebraska game as we go on they just started the second half wisconsin is up 56 to 40 so we'll give more updates but for now we're going to send it to break and we'll be right back in just a few short moments
0: moments Back to the ticket weeknights on 937 The Ticket and TheTicketFM.com.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Daily Nebraskan show. Once again, I'm Ben Rose, one of the sports writers at The Daily Nebraskan, and I am joined by Anthony Rubik, the, one of the assistant sports editors at The Daily Nebraskan. Nebraska kind of made a run towards the end of the first half. They cut it down to 13. The game is now at 14. We are now four minutes into the second half. The score is sixty-one to forty-seven. So we'll see if Nebraska can kind of stay hot. They've shot the ball pretty well in the game, but it just hasn't really transferred on to the scoreboard yet for them.
0: Yeah, it's just again, it's really been mostly on defense, is where the struggles have been for the Huskers so far this game. Uh they were able to they were down by twenty at one point in the first half. And they, able to, they were able to end the half on a 10 to 3 run. So, nice little run there to kind of get back at it, cut the lead again to 13 at the break. And now it's a 16 point game. So, they're just going to have to continue to just get better and better at defense. But time is kind of running out for them.
1: Yeah. So, we're going to switch it up, switch up the sport talk. We're going to talk a little volleyball with some of the transfers that have kind of left Nebraska and they gained a new transfer. But we'll first talk about the departures the biggest name that left was maggie mendelson who kind of filled in for becca alec when she was out in the first was just the first round of the ncaa tournament round. round of the ncaa tournament she played she filled in very nicely for her she had a pretty solid game you know she wasn't becca alec but you know she was serviceable when she was needed so i feel like it was kind i mean it wasn't a huge loss for nebraska it's not like a like a Harper Murray left or somebody like that. But Medelson was definitely good depth for the team. So they're kind of thin at middle blocker. They have Becca Alec, who's kind of been the main starter. And then it's really thin behind that.
0: Yeah, obviously there's Andy Jackson as well. Just yeah. had a phenomenal freshman year. But getting, after them, that's really it. They don't have any other really depth for that, which comes with outside hitter, I think. Obviously, a lot of depth there. They got just added Taylor Landfair from Minnesota. Mm -hmm. They already have Harper Murray, Merritt Beeson, Allie Batenhorst, and Lindsey Krause there. So I don't know how hard this is. I've never played volleyball. I don't know how hard it would be to transition kind of inside to middle blocker, but I could see maybe someone like Krause or Batenhorst at least still be an outside hitter, but maybe kind of fill the void there at middle blocker. um, Just because obviously... Mendelssohn transferred out as a middle blocker. And again, it's just a very crowded outside hitter room. A lot of Nebraska lost two other transfers uh, at the outside hitter position, one being Caroline Juravisus, who was a redshirt this year. I kind of figured that she might have stayed a year longer, kind of see how her role would play out on this team. But uh, she transferred to Penn State, same school Maggie Mendelsohn transferred to. So that's going to be a great... Great, kind of adds essence, adds a little nuance to this rivalry that, you know, I'm sure both of those players once the schedule comes out, they'll have the Nebraska game circled on their calendar, mm-hmm. and then another outside hitter leaving is uh, Hayden Kubik, which again she saw some playing time here and there. She came in for a couple points in the national championship game, but uh, she's transferring to Tennessee, which again, um, just very crowded in that outside hitter group. Especially now with Landfair um, transferring in, so um, Nebraska it was also factored in the new freshmen coming in. Obviously, Skylar right. Pierce um, is another outside hitter, so yeah, it was just a very crowded room. And uh, they're gonna do great. They're gonna get a lot more playing time at their new schools, and it's gonna again those Nebraska Penn State games are gonna be fun to watch next year.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like you said, the. Outside hitter room is very crowded, so I'm not surprised to see some of the younger players that weren't getting much t- much playing time at those positions transferring. I'm not surprised to see that. Maggie Mendelson kind of surprised me a little bit, but then again, she was behind Alec and Andy Jackson. And, you know, John Cook, towards the end of the season, was kind of raving about Andy Jackson, saying, we need to get her the ball more, we need to set her up more. So I think he's confident in his starters at the middle blocker. You know, Andy Jackson can fill in when she needs to, Becca Alec, you know, as the full-time starter. But I feel like he's definitely going to need to add some depth mm-hmm. at middle blocker for this upcoming season. Because, you know, you're right by the, by the net. I mean, there could be some injuries that happen mm-hmm. up there. You know, volleyball is not a contact sport. So, obviously, I don't feel like you have to think about injuries as much as, you know, as you would like basketball or football. But, you know, they have to rotate players in because, you know, players get tired, obviously. So, they're going to need some depth there, in my opinion. I feel like they need to at least bring in one more person to kind mm-hmm. of fill in that Maggie Mendelson role. But again, I'm not surprised Mendelssohn left because she is behind both of them. And at Penn State, she'll have a pretty good uh, chance, in my opinion, to get some pretty good playing time.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, Mendelssohn was also one of the best recruits in the country for volleyball. I think she was ranked fourth in the country coming out of high school. So obviously she's a very talented player that really just wasn't getting the playing time that she really deserved for Nebraska because of how spectacular Becca Alec and Andy Jackson have been. Um, also, Mendelssohn leaving is kind of a loss for the Nebraska women's basketball team as mm-hmm. well as obviously she was playing there and that's she was actually on basketball scholarship um, for Nebraska. So uh, I don't think I think she's moving on from basketball. Obviously, playing two Division One sports, especially at this high of a level, at this yeah. high big of a stage, is a very very yeah. challenging thing to do. I bet. So um, she's going to. Uh, be great for penn state penn state i looked looked up or i saw that a couple of their middle blockers left one of them graduated so that perfectly fills in a sp- spot for her to pro- potentially start for the nittany lions and again we're talking about the best volleyball teams in the big 10 it's nebraska wisconsin and penn state all up at the top so
1: yeah definitely so we're going to transition into now football we talked about basketball Football. Let's now go to football in the national championship game that's gonna be coming up on Monday. We have Michigan against Washington coming when they picked the college football playoffs. First off, I know this has nothing to do with the national championship game, but I've haven't really heard much about the people that are saying Florida State should have got in. I have hmm. not really heard much from them after Florida State got destroyed <laughs> by Georgia. It's really I why. Weird. It's really weird because <laughs> I feel like the committee is kind of smiling at that hmm. game because I honestly agreed with the decision that Florida State shouldn't have made it. I get that they were undefeated and they're a Division One team. But their starting quarterback got hurt. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that tough of a schedule. And it was a different team. It yeah. would have been a different team going in. And we mm-hmm. saw it. It was a different team going into the playoffs than they had been all season. And you're not basing it, in my opinion, off of what they did in the first half of that season. It's who's the hottest teams going in going into the college playoffs. That is what I feel like needs to be. I feel like that's why Alabama got in. Yes, they had a bad loss against Texas at the beginning of the year, and that was kind of making it seem like, oh, they're not going to get in, but they got hot towards the end of the year. I feel like that's why they got in. The committee doesn't really care about, I feel like, what you do at the beginning of the season. Like, if you have like two or three really bad losses, obviously you're not going to get in. Mm -hmm. But like, if you have pretty much the same beginning of the season and you're not as hot going into the playoffs as these other teams, you're not going to get in. And it just shows why they made the right decision because we had two great games for the semifinals. Michigan-Alabama went down to the final play. Washington-Texas went down to the final play. They were both great games. I watched the Michigan-Alabama game more than the other one, but they were both really good games. And Florida State was not on the level as those teams. If anything, Georgia fans should be more mad that they didn't get in because they were the number one ranked team pretty much the entire season. And then all of a sudden they drop out of top four. It's, Absolutely. It's, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I I think the same thing. Like, I think that again, obviously Florida State, they had a right, they had the right to be mad when they initially got snubbed. But again, like watching the last, watching the Florida State games without Jordan Travis, it was a completely different team. And I know for the ACC championship game, their backup quarterback was out, and they had a third string in, but still. Look at just look at the games. Obviously, again, they had a b- bunch of players sitting out of the bowl games because they're in a bowl game that doesn't matter. None of the bowl games really matter besides the college football playoff. But so did Georgia and what was it, sixty to three or yeah. something like that. And then looking at the college football playoff games, just these two amazing games down to the wire, very last play of the game decides both of them. It was just a uh, it. They picked the right teams at the end of the day. Alabama deserved to be a playoff team. Yeah, they nearly lost to Auburn. They kind of needed a miracle to beat them in the Iron Bowl. But then what they did in the SEC championship game against Georgia. And yeah, I can I can see Georgia fans being more upset than Florida State fans just because they were number one all year. They Honestly, if we're going to four best teams in college football for the playoff, Georgia's in the top four probably. It's just... Their loss came at the worst yeah, time the worst possible. Time. Yeah. Alabama's loss to Texas came earlier in the season in college football, especially with this 14 team playoff, it's better to get your early it's better to get your losses early than late and it that just proved it. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, moving on from that, we now have Michigan against Washington coming into the playoffs. When I saw the suite that got picked, Michigan against Alabama and Washington Texas. I said Michigan's Easily. I said, whoever wins out of Michigan and Alabama, which I was picking Michigan, whoever won out of that game, I felt it was going to be national championship, national champion. I didn't feel like Washington, and I know Washington is very good. Texas had been really good all year too, but I just feel like Alabama and Michigan were just one step ahead of those teams, especially Michigan. Michigan has just been on another level this entire year, in my opinion. I just feel like, like Washington is going to give them a fight, but when I saw the playoffs, I just. I easily I was just like Michigan easy.
0: Yeah, I think like going into it, obviously Michigan was the number one. that they were the number one team all year. <laughs> seeing it from experience, seeing the Nebraska game, it was it was just clear that they were without a doubt one of the top teams in the country. And again, Alabama was going into that game hot. They probably had the win of the year against Georgia in mm-hmm. the SEC championship game. I was kind of looking at the matchups. I was really hoping that the national championship game was either going to be Alabama-Texas, kind of a rematch from the game earlier in the year that Texas got from mm-hmm. Alabama, or Michigan-Washington. I was hoping it was one of those matchups, so I'm really glad I got that. I, we got the Michigan-Washington matchup. Um, and yeah, those two games, obviously, both of them just went down to the wire. For Washington, I mean, if, they w- if Texas would have won it would have been the most tragic way to go out, I think, ever for a team in the college football playoff. I mean, yeah. it was they all they had to do was just run a running play on third and five. If they get the first down, they could run the clock out. If, if they don't get the first down, they can drain the clock all the way to about, what, 15, 10 seconds left, punt the ball away. Texas is going to have to go 90 yards in less than 10 seconds to try to make the national yeah. championship. And, if, and Dylan Johnson, their running back, gets injured on the play injury timeout so they're going to have to punt it with 50 seconds now mm-hmm. on the punt there's a penalty on Washington so that automatically gives Texas even better starting field position they move all the way down and then just a great play by Elijah Jackson just to swat the ball away at the end of the game that that was the play of the season i think just everything i mean cuz Washington's defensive backs their secondary isn't their strong suit so that's something that Michigan going into this game knows that they're going to ha- try to exploit. And on the other side, though, for Washington, their weapons and Michael Penix at quarterback. It's going to it's going to be a it's going to be a great matchup.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, these are two. I mean, I feel like this has kind of been because these two are going up. It's kind of been like which quarterback is better to mm-hmm. Michigan and Washington's. I, I've kind of thought those comparisons are a little funny. Yeah. But, you know, I think it'll be a really good game.
0: I got Michigan in the game. Who do you who do you think's going to win? Yeah, I I got Washington, I think. I mean, I think it's I think it's going to be either a Michigan blowout or Washington pulling out a close game cuz again, Washington this whole back half of the season, it's always been one-score games. I think their last like 7 games or so have all been by one possession or single digits or something like that. So, but I think that while one some people may think, "Oh, they're just lucky. They're just like that." I think that when the game is when the game matters most, when it gets harder for everyone, they just survive. They prevail through all the adversity, all the challenges, and just Michael P- Penix really proving why I think I think Daniels deserved the Heisman. But if they were doing, if they were to vote on the Heisman after the season, I think P- Penix has got it by now. I mean, yeah. that was a amazing performance against Texas, and it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great matchup. Obviously, Michigan's defense has. Been outstanding. They've been phenomenal all year. Their defensive line absolutely dominated against Alabama, which Washington does have a better offensive line than Bama does. So it, it's it'll be an interesting game. I think I like Pennix and uh, Washington pulling out a close one.
1: Yeah, it should be a good game. It's definitely going to go down to the wire. It's not going to be a cha- national championship game like last year, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And I, and one more thing I want to touch on. I feel like the national championship game last year was a big reason why they didn't pick Florida State. Because I don't think they wanted another thing like TCU. Although, yes, they got to the national championship, but then they just got punked, and it wasn't... And people were kind of complaining that, like, you know, it wasn't really a mm-hmm. game. Yeah. I feel like they were kind of predicting that that might happen with this Florida State team, and, I mean, Florida State, after they got snubbed, they could have put held their heads up. They could have played lights out against Georgia and made it a really good game. Mm-hmm. Instead, they just kind of take a step back, don't yeah. care, And they proved the committee right for not picking them. So now moving forward, these teams that are like that, that don't have a strong of a schedule, but, you know, have a really good record, they're not going to have as good of a chance of getting in because of the Florida States and the TCUs, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And then obviously, I mean, this kind of this year kind of made the case of, you know, the expanded playoff. Obviously, that's going to come into play next year with the 12 team. I think personally for that, I think that I think an 18 playoff would be perfect. I think twelve's too much because looking at it this year, you had Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, Florida State would still make it. Then you know, Georgia, Oregon, if they would have won beat Washington in the oh, yeah. pac twelve championship, they would have been in the playoff. so and then bring bring in your group of five team or you know, something like that. But obviously, next year with the expanded playoff, there will be no really big snubs, obviously. Except for I think a group of five team being yeah. like I un- know being forced to be in it, being like made a special world just for them to get in. I don't yeah. really like that. As you look look at Liberty this year against Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl Yeah. Like there's and then there's teams in the past like Cincinnati, like UCF, those teams were still ranked in the top ten. So like a mid of group of 5 team that has a really good season will still find their way into the college football playoff especially with 12 teams i don't think you need to make an exception for a team that's ranked 23rd just make it for them but hey you know beggars can't be choosers it's going to be yeah. fun football it's going to be more football it's going to be a better chance for nebraska to get in the college football playoff hopefully sooner than later so
1: definitely later <laughs> yeah it's it's yeah nebraska still has a long ways to go uh, score update for Nebraska basketball, Wisconsin is leading 74-59, to 59, and Nebraska still shooting 50% from the three-point line. They are 9-18, of 18, but still down 16, and you want to know why? It's because Wisconsin's shooting even better. They are 11-18 of 18 from the three-point line, 61%. This is a season high for them, 11-8-3s. Yeah. Again... This kind of feels like the Creighton game where Nebraska shooting better in this game, but they're just going to get team that's shooting lights out. Mm-hmm. And this is that's kind of what why basketball is so much fun. Where I mean, I get that like these teams are probably better than Nebraska. That's why they're winning. But it could be completely on the other end. If Nebraska was shooting that hot, that's why basketball is so much fun because the game can go either way in basketball. you're like in football, a lot of times you can kind of predict when a team like when a team is just more talented. You just know they're gonna win. In basketball, I don't feel like it's as much of a talent thing. It's just who's hot at the right time. And that's why March Madness is so much fun. So I yep. hope Nebraska can get in this year because when they do get in, I'm picking them to go all the way. Oh, in yeah. one of my brackets. You had all Nebraska fans, if Nebraska gets into the national gets into the NCAA tournament mm. in basketball, you have to have at least one bracket for Nebraska mm. going all the way. Just in case it happens.
0: I just hope if they make it, they win a game. I mean, that's just that's the ultimate like monkey that they can get off their back with this oh yeah it's like honestly with how they're at right now they're like in the last four in and stuff like that playing in on like the playing games if they win the playing game i'm oh. counting i'm counting that that's a tournament win i'm if, counting it.
1: if they if they make the play-in game that'd be so much fun to watch oh, yeah. like it'll be even if we lose that just being able to like you know win or go home to be able to get into the ncaa tournament we just haven't had that in a while you know yeah it's always kind of been big 10 tournament mm-hmm Lost yeah. to Minnesota last year. That really that was, sucked. But, you know, we'll see. NIT
0: tournament every once in a while. Yeah.
1: So Nebraska is <laughs> going to need to stay healthy, though. So hopefully mm-hmm. last year, injuries kind of derailed their season. Hopefully they can stay healthy this, this season. We have one more break, and then we we'll have one more segment after this break, and then we'll be out of here. So don't go anywhere. We have one more segment, and we'll be right back right after this. Back to the Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The
0: Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Daily Nebraska Show on 93.7 The Ticket and Ticketfm.com. If you want to text into the show, the text line is open. Text 402-464-5685 and we will get to your text. Last segment on the show, we're going to kind of wrap it up with basketball talk. Nebraska trying to fight to come back in this game. They still find themselves down 16 though. The score is 78-62. to Nebraska still trails ranked number 21 Wisconsin so it's going to be tough to come back in this game what's to say they lose this game they're sitting 12 and 3 going into Purdue what are kind of your expectations for that Purdue game
0: yeah obviously it's not a must-win game by any means they could drop this game and still be up there in the Big Ten still be up there in NCAA tournament hopes for March Madness but Mm -hmm. they're going to have to be better better defensively this next game Nebraska, going into the day, averaged, allowed 65.8 points per game on the season.
1: And it's going to go up after this.
0: Yeah. Wisconsin hit 66 with 13 minutes and 41 seconds remaining in the second half. Yeah. So just, it, it's been a lights-out night for Wisconsin. They're shooting the ball extremely efficiently. They're dropped down to 52% from three now. They were at over 60%, but still, it's just been a... It was a very efficient night for Nebraska as well. It's just Wisconsin did more; they did better off offensively than Nebraska, which leads to bad defense by Nebraska. So they're definitely going to have to improve on that. I think with the home atmosphere, that should definitely help. That should definitely throw off Purdue a little bit. Obviously, this is the number one ranked team in the country. We're talking about this isn't like uh, some no name team. This uh, so. Yeah. Purdue should be ready for a road environment, but it still can help. And we just need this kind of, they just need this kind of offense that they've had the past couple games to really try to pull off this upset that could really make their season.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one thing that does make me feel good about this game is that we are shooting the ball well from deep. And that's going to be one of the keys is, I mean, because if we go cold, I don't know what our offense is really going to do because we don't attack the paint like at all. Yeah. So I feel like if the shots aren't falling, we're just going to keep chucking them up. So we're going to need to be shooting at least 30% from the three-point line every game. I mean, at least 30 if we wanted to win some of these games. Probably going to be needed to be shoot like 40 if you're wanting to beat ranked teams like this. Even though we're shooting like 50, Mm -hmm. we still find ourselves in a huge hole because, like you said, the defense has not been there, which is kind of surprising to me because I feel like Fred Hoiberg, like, his teams have always been defensive-oriented, I feel like. Like, I feel like he always makes an effort to want to have good defensive teams. Um, I mean, do you kind of get that feeling, yeah,
0: too? Yeah, I think, like, this year's team has been like that as well. They've had some great defensive performances, but it's also just some games like this game, some games like Creighton, where they've just kind of collapsed defensively. And I think they really kind of just failed to um, really or account for the perimeter there's a lot of just it was especially the case against Creighton where they would just drive and dish and there would be no one accounting for the guy in the corner which leads to a wide open shot I'm sure that's how Wisconsin has just really uh, dominated them uh, this game obviously 11 for 21 from three which again they're Wisconsin isn't even a three-point shooting team. Like, they they don't rely on the three-pointer as much as other teams do, but they're still having an extremely efficient night from behind the arc. So, it uh, just comes down to, obviously, they're going to have to account for Zach Eady, but Purdue's, they got Lawyer, they got Braden Smith. They they have their guys that, like, they're the number one-ranked team in the country, not just because of Eadie. Oh, his whole supporting cast is great, obviously, in years past, so... It will just be a game where they have to be on their toes. They have to be accounting for everybody. Don't let anyone get behind you. Watch for the driving dish. Watch for the uh, swinging the rock and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Purdue is definitely a team that, I mean, they've they've already lost games this season. So it's Mm -hmm. like this isn't like an unbeatable team. We have no chance. I feel like we have a better chance against Purdue in basketball than we did Michigan in football, and yet— Everybody on campus was picking Nebraska to beat Michigan. (laughs) Don't really know why. We have a much better chance to beat Purdue in basketball. It's still going to be tough. I think the game, I feel like it's going to be a closer game than this one against Wisconsin because I don't expect Purdue to shoot the ball this well. And if they do shoot the ball this well, we're probably going to lose by like 30. (laughs) But I think the Purdue game would be really, it'll be really fun to watch, especially since we're at home. We need to shoot the ball over 40% from the three-point line. Like, that's a must. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have to be more disciplined on the defensive end. Like, those are two things that we just have to do. And one thing that I was really impressed with in their game before this one against Indiana was they forced 15 turnovers in that game. No, wait, 15 steals, excuse me. They had, like, 19 turnovers in the game. 15 steals. And then the game before that against South Carolina, they had 16. Like, that was 31 steals over two games. And that was what was really giving me hope against, you know, Wisconsin and Purdue is like, if we can do this on the defensive end, if we can force turnovers, defense to offense, because I feel like our half court offense struggles sometimes, but if we can get those transition buckets, that'll make it a lot easier against these ranked teams. we Weren't able to have the defensive impact against Wisconsin. Hopefully we can bring it against Purdue on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, I just checked Nebraska, at least in my stats right here, have three on the game. Yeah, I mean, and that's from
1: 15 last night. I mean, that's just Mm -hmm. such a huge difference. I mean, those turnovers were huge. I mean, it was kind of demoralizing the Indiana offense. You know, they were kind of at times, I feel like they were scared to pass the ball to where they wanted to go because we just had active hands all night. Kaysay was feeling it. Again, we were at home though. I feel like that is what is such a big deal is that we were at home. This road game at Madison against a ranked Wisconsin team, we knew this was going to be tough. I'm not surprised that this is the outcome. I hope we can bring it against Purdue at home on Tuesday. Hopefully it'll be a good game, close game, much like last year, but a different outcome. Yep. But with that, should be fun. Yeah, with that, we're gonna end the show. Thank you for everyone that listened today. We'll be right back here next Saturday. It'll probably be from four to five like usual. We moved it up because there's high school basketball games that are gonna be after this. So don't go anywhere. Starting at about 3.15. Nick Center, going to be with Jay Foreman. They're going to be announcing some of the high school basketball games here in Lincoln. But until then, we're going to say so long. See you next week.